shall all be taught by God. So first he teaches and then he feeds. So far, there's not too much to get concerned about if you were listening to this the first time. But next Sunday, Jesus will sound like a cannibal. So we'll see what happens after he does that. But today we want to look at the two um, different movements in the Mass that we are often unaware of, but which we're caught up in every Sunday, uh, the movement toward the the, pass, the Passover and the Last Supper and the crucifixion and the movement toward the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. And there, that really sums up our life. At times we have a banquet and at times we're going through the cross. There's always one thing after the other. It seems like we're either coming or going out of those. We can understand a sacred meal or banquet. Last week we talked about how the Jews would have, they, colloquially they'd sit down and have a meal with God with the temple in Jerusalem and the altar outside the temple where they'd bring a lamb or if they were poor, a pigeon, which is what the Holy Family brought. If you can imagine eating that, splitting that three ways. But the, the church would get one third, the, the priest and, and so on. And then the family would get a third to take home and then the part for God would get burned up. And that was his way of eating it. So, And so Jesus takes that same, that 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 which they were familiar with, and in the New Covenant, renews it and, and fulfills it and then changes it into his body and blood. He says, these things were, that lamb is a reflection of me that people are ideally sacrificing when they could afford it. Um, we think of Thanksgiving, and that's not a bad metaphor. We also, there's this idea of sacred remembering that the Jews had. It was more than just a history lesson. Like for us, we think of the pilgrims, whether or not our memory is accurate either as a nation or ourselves. We, we hearken back to a time when hopefully things were peaceful between different, um, you know, different races when, the, when, when they landed here and, and so on. They're metaphors seeking meaning. Or, and with the Jews, though, they entered into the, the exodus and the calling out of Egypt by this sacred remembering. It's more than just memory. It, it, it calls it forth in their minds. So Jesus has a, a more than that, he actually brings it forward for us. But we too sit down with Christ and have a meal. First of all, as Jesus said here today, he teaches us by, uh, fulfills our needs with the word of God and then feeds us with his body and blood. Um, we often think of uh, Jesus more than any other metaphor refers to heaven as a wedding banquet. Now, when my sister, in fact, the one I'm thinking of just died a year ago last week, and she would always, I don't know if your family did this, but at Thanksgiving we'd pull out the good china, which in those days didn't go in the dishwasher. First the one sister got that those 12 pieces, and then she passed, gave it to the other sister, and she passed. Now they're back in my garage, and none of us ever opened that box. <laughs> you know, who wants to use that china? But anyway, um, we got that out, the sterling silver and the good tablecloth, as many of you do. And I can tell you from working at an airline, if somebody, due to weather, couldn't get home, or you can't get home because you're far away, or your family isn't around anymore, uh, whether the one your family or your, the one you grew up with, it, uh, it, it gets us a little bit because Thanksgiving is greater than, than the day. And uh, anyway, she would come in with jeans, and then right before dinner, she'd change her clothes into a nice thing, and then she'd, after dinner, back when the jeans, you know. So anybody here do that besides my weird sister? <laughs> She's weirder than I thought. Nobody's going to admit that. They both did it for a while. Uh, 
when we think of our Lord, I think of my, my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. So I've often said I was eight at the time. The older I get, the younger they get <laughs> in that memory. But um, I don't think they're much older than me because they started early, you know. Um, but when we, uh, we flew there from California because we were moving to Ohio, which is where this was, and all of the different family groups, the three children of these grandparents had their whole families arranged, and then the married ones would come. And uh, so we were basically in, in three groups, and each, each little table had a, had a name on it, you know, including myself. And I often think of that, many of them are gone now, but uh, Jesus makes it very clear there is literally a banquet in heaven, and it never ends. And uh, the banquet, of course, is more than food. It's the banquet of God's presence, which is just apparently beyond belief. But we have a place with our name on it, and that's just a wonderful thing. We have to choose it. Some people may choose not to go there. I can't imagine why. But it's there, and we are called to it. And the, the Mass evokes both the Last Supper and then, as Jesus said, I will not drink this wine with you again until we drink it together in the kingdom of God. There's a wonderful image there of him uh, offering his blood after he gives it to us sacramentally or really in the wine and then uh, in heaven. The other uh, aspect of the Mass, which is a little harder for us to understand, is um, what we used to call, more than now, the sacrifice of the Mass. There's a lot of misunderstanding about that. I, I think it was around 2002 through four. I was part of an ecumenical Bible study in Tillamook. We had a Church of Christ and an Episcopalian and Lutheran pastor and myself, and all four of us used the common lectionary, which uh, I have here. And uh, obviously it's optional for Protestants, but a lot of them, at least in Tillamook, were using that because it kind of forces us to hear all of the scriptures and not just what I want to preach on this weekend. You know, so There's elements that both have their benefits, but... We, because we were often using the same scripture on Sunday, we kind of knocked ideas around. It was great. Uh, this, um, this Lutheran pastor, whose name I cannot remember, he, uh, this is an, uh, an aside, but it's definitely timely in light of the news, is that he would come into churches, not always Lutheran, um, to help a parish or a church recover after a sex abuse scandal. This was 2003, Protestant. And he came up to me, and he gave me his doctoral dissertation, which I've still got. It's about two inches big. He put it on my desk, and he said, if anybody hassles you about the Catholic Church, show them this. You're not the only ones that struggle. So for what it's worth, I always remember that, is that we're all struggling in this world with sin, and Christ, you know, one of them betrayed him that evening, you know, so it's as old as the Bible. But this, this pastor came up to me. He, we got to know each other really well, or he wouldn't have the nerve to ask this. He was a PhD. But he said to me, why is it that you Catholics sacrifice Christ over and over on the altar? When, when Paul said in Romans that one sacrifice is sufficient for all humanity forever. If somebody asked you that, would you know how to answer that? I thought so, yep. Well, (laughs) 
we don't sacrifice Christ over and over on the altar. The sacrifice of the Mass is Christ's one and only sacrifice 2,000 years ago. We can't go back in time. He comes to us. It's, it's, it's uh, further than that sacred remembering that the Jews had. They were all Jews. They understood this. Is Christ allows us to be present sacramentally at the Last Supper at the crucifixion. He feeds us with his body and blood. That, that was not a gift just for 2,000 years ago. It was meant for all of us throughout all time. Every mass is all one sacrifice, and that one sacrifice is Christ's. Going back to the center of human history, that moment on the cross at 3 p.m. on Good Friday, all the way to the banquet in the kingdom of heaven when Christ raises that last chalice of the four, that are at Passover and drinks it with us in the kingdom of heaven. And in the meantime, he gives us the word and the body to refresh us like Elijah so we don't lay on the ground and give up, which all of us have probably been there to a certain extent in life, which can be very difficult. And so he walks with us. So this sacrificial nature, the church, both of them come together perfectly in the center of the cross, although you know, the church goes back and forth between emphasizing the verticality of the, of the Mass and, the, and the, the, communal, the communion aspect of which all of us are here to support each other as the body of Christ as well. And so even in the Mass, we've got the first prayer is over the bread and wine with my hands. The first, it's called an epiclesis. You're not going to hear much Greek out of me, but that's one I know. And then the second is the epiclesis or the calling of the Holy Spirit on you, the body of Christ. So this, this dynamic tension or this complementary movement uh, is found at that sacred banquet in which Christ then offers himself to the apostles and through them virtually to all of us. And then we ourselves then are invited to our own mission, which is going to be from the table to the cross to the resurrection of the dead. We can't bypass the cross. We, as hard as we try, it's going to come, and that is our glory. That is our opportunity. Without that, what will we share with Christ when we're sitting at that 50th wedding anniversary in heaven, so to speak, and uh, he sits at our table, which he'll sit at every table, and talk to us as a friend who knew everything about us and every single thing we went through and explaining it all with us together as a family. And if I haven't shared much with him, I may not have a whole lot to say to him, although he'll love me. So these are all signs to us. It can be hard to understand. That's why people are already murmuring, who is this? He says he comes down from heaven and he's from Jervis. You know, that sort of thing. You know, we, we know his family in Jervis. Well, you get the idea. But God hides himself. He hid himself here. He hides himself here. The only place we're going to see him face-to-face is there. And until then, the game of life is partly to find Christ in other people, in the sacraments, in the signs that we find throughout our lives, and, yes, in the sufferings as well. And so our Lord invites us into this great mystery of the Eucharist that he is teaching us these days.